Support for this episode comes from Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why Viator has over 300,000 bookable experiences, so there's always something for everyone. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Media Podcast Network. It is a cold, chilly day here in Las Vegas. My name is Jose Youngs. I'm standing outside the T-Mobile Arena for MMAfighting.com. Standing next to Stephen Morocco, who's making his MMA Fighting preview show debut here ahead of UFC 245. Now, Stephen, there's a lot to unpack uh, on this fight card. A lot of international uh, news, like little outside of the three title fights. Uh, there's a lot of uh, fighters from all over the world fighting on the specific card. A lot of drawn interest. Uh, from a lot of different fan groups, even political fan groups, if you would. We might be giving pack, unpack that a little bit. But we're going to start at the top. Uh, UFC welterweight champion Kamaru Usman puts his belt on the line against the outspoken Colby Covington, who, say what you want, if you agree with his politics or not, if you like the gimmick, as he's been, said, as he's been uh, labeled or not, he draws. You can look at the numbers on the Internet. You can look at the numbers on social media. He is clearly drawing more interest than any other fighter on this card. Uh, what do you make of this fight, and what do you make of uh, the draw that Colby Covington has become uh, in the weeks leading up to this big event? Well, as far as the gimmick, it's kind of the perfect gimmick for our time. You know, he's picked a character that is polarizing naturally uh, for where we're at in our political world, for where we're at in our society at this moment. Uh, and he's capitalizing that uh, using some uh, very well-worn uh, cliches and as far as wrestling, uh, the persona that he brings, the methods that he uses to uh, promote the fight uh, and to sell, you know, grudges and everything like that. So it's uh, it's not a new playbook that he's that he's running from. It's just what he's picked is something that's perfect for our time, and that's why that he's really uh, resonated, um, whether it's fans who love to hate or or love him. So. Like you said, he's outdrawn anything else. If you look at his numbers versus Kamara's number, it's clear that people care more about watching him do his thing. And that's that's the game, you know, in this in this business. That's the reason why he's fighting for the title. It kind of obscures the fact that these are two guys that are um, meeting at the perfect time. This is something that we don't get a lot in the UFC. We don't get fighters who run parallel to each other for so long and finally get to meet at their apex. You know, a lot of times uh, they ended up, you know, overstepping or understepping. They get they, they lose and then we lose some of the momentum of their career. But we're really seeing two fighters at their peak uh, clashing, uh, I think, at the right time. Yeah, I think you hit it right on the head. If this political uh, undertone that is, that is just kind of not, I don't want to just maybe maybe clouding is not the word, but it, that seems to be the, the storyline that people are pointing at. But if you just look at this fight, a lot of people are pointing to this as this is like a split down the middle in terms of the actual athletic competition. Similar records, similar styles of fight, uh, uh, fighting uh, skill set, similar opponents defeated in similar manners. Uh, so 
ignoring the storyline, the, the the Donald Trump versus the Nigerian nightmare, uh, what do you make of the actual fight? Is it as split down the middle in as us media and fans are making it out to be? Well, yeah, because if you look at their skill sets, uh, at least on paper, they're both great wrestlers, Colby D1, Kamaru D2. They've made wrestling a part of their game, uh, a part of their fighting style. That's the, that's the way they excelled in the octagon. And when two wrestlers meet, it tends to be an exciting matchup. You know, it's the, it's the old maxim about you get two wrestlers together and you get a striking fight. Um, and I think that actually that their, their clash of styles is going to be most interesting because it's going to be uh, the, first, the first test in the fight, the first litmus test for both fighter. Who can be the first person to impose their will on the other? And I think that's going to shape the fight overall. Um, we don't see a lot, in my opinion, we don't see a lot of wild swings uh, in the octagon. Fights like Henry Ciuto and, and Marlon Marias are not, not very common. We don't see these gigantic momentum shifts uh, that play out over time. Typically, it's fighters getting caught. Or more common, in my opinion, is when a fighter sets a tone or a fighter sets a pace. And I think the first fighter, whether it's uh, Kamaru or Colby, to really get that first win, whether it be fighting off a takedown or getting a takedown, that's going to say a lot about who's going to take this fight. So I'm going to put you on the spot. Who wins? Is Do we have Ann Still with Kamara Usman winning or Ann New with Colby Covington winning here in Las Vegas? Every time I have counted Colby Covington out, and it has been multiple times, and if I have to look deep into my soul, it's probably because of some of my personal feelings about the brand that he's promoting. Um... If I have to be perfectly honest, every time that I've dis, uh, discounted him, he's, dis, he's, he's proved me wrong. And the reason for that is the pace that he pushes. It's, in my mind, it's unparalleled. Um, and I think that Kamaru could easily catch him early, and this could be a, an, a moot point, but I think if we go into distance, then I think Colby's going to take it. And I have no idea who's going to win, but I'm just going to base my prediction off of yours. I'm going to say Kamaru Usman is going to win. Uh, I do tend to favor the champion in most matchups, especially when it is 50-50. If it is a coin toss, like so many people say, I slightly lean towards the champion. I think I'm going to do that now. Kamaru Usman seems to be the bigger welterweight uh, when they stand opposite one another. Colby Cummins can easily make 155 pounds, I think. I've interviewed him uh, even before he fought Rafael Dos Anjos, and Rafael Dos Anjos was wider than him, and he, we saw what happened. So I could be completely wrong. Size might not make uh, make a difference. Kamaru Usman, uh, I counted completely out against Tyron Woodley. I thought Tyron Woodley uh, was was not on not quite at GSP's level, but well on his way to becoming one of, if not the greatest welterweights of all time. And we saw what Kamaru Usman did. He didn't even break a sweat uh, running through uh, Tyron Woodley and then was injured that fight. We found out injured his knee uh, and so basically defeated Tyron Woodley on one leg, maybe even no knees. So uh, I'm going to say uh, Kamaru Usman will defeat Colby Covington, uh, but I am not confident in that pick whatsoever. Now we're going to move down to the co-main event and a fight a lot of people I think were surprised isn't headlining this card, especially Canadians, and I'll explain why. I was speaking with some Canadian fans and they were, they were asking when Max Holloway fought next because Max Holloway, as he declares himself, the new face of Canadian MMA. He's headlined three pay-per-view uh, title fights. He's headlined a fight night in Saskatoon. So the, the Canadian fans have really gravitated towards Max Holloway as an adopted son now that there's really no Canadian superstars anymore. The Canadian GSP. The Canadian, the Canadian GSP. He is taking on Alexander Volkanovsky, Australian. That part of the world, the New Zealand, Australia, uh, the con countries and continents, whatever you want to call them. They are really captivating 
the MMA world by storm with uh, Robert Whittaker, who just lost, but then you have Israel Adesanya, Dan Hooker. Uh, this, this area of the world is really kind of emerged as a powerhouse in the MMA scene. So, what, what, but what does Alexander Volkanovsky have that Max Holloway, who Joe Rogan himself declared the greatest featherweight of all time, what does Alexander Volkanovsky have that Max Holloway has never seen? The ability to push the pace early. Um, in my opinion, I think he's shown uh, uh, an increasing ability to tailor his pace to his opponent. The way he fought, like Chad Mendez as opposed to Jose Aldo, completely different story. And I think if he if he is able to take advantage of the fact that Max Holloway is a slightly slower starter and tends to build an intensity as the fight goes on and tends to wear down his opponents with, uh, with volume, uh, then I think that, similar to how Colby could take the initiative from Kamaru, I think we could see that in this fight, where Alexander is mixing up his wrestling and striking so much that Max isn't able to set and throw the combinations that he's so good at putting together. And I, I, Max, I don't know if he is the greatest featherweight of all time. He himself has, has said he still views Jose Aldo as the greatest. And he, he said that'll never change. But I think Max is well on his way. If he, if he does tear through another challenger in Alexander Volkanovsky, you really have to wonder who's left for him. We do have the Iyers, the Zabits, the Korean zombies out there. Uh, but the featherweight division uh, is not lacking for contenders. The problem is Max Holloway might not be able to make 145 pounds for as long. So I will put you on the spot again. Who wins do we see? And still with Max Holloway beating yet another challenger, or does Alexander Volkanovsky bring another UFC championship back to the Australia? Back to Australia. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the champ on this one because I think that Max has seen more. He's seen more variety as far as the, the competition that he's faced, more high-level competition, and he's fought at a higher level for a longer time. He does have a lot of wear on him, but he's also a very durable guy. Um, Alexander Volkanovsky just hasn't faced the level of opposition that he's gonna see uh, from Max. And Max certainly knows that the takedown attempt is coming. He certainly knows that Alexander's gonna push the pace. So I think he's smart enough, intelligent enough uh, to prepare for that uh, and to send Alex packing back to uh, his homeland. And I'll stay on brand and I'll pick opposite of you just to make this interesting. I do think Alexander Volkanovsky does pose a lot of threats that Max Holloway hasn't seen of. Alexander Volkanovsky has been very vocal that Frankie Edgar approached the fight wrong. Max Holloway has fought a lot of, as he called, smaller fighters where Max kind of t looks down at his opponents, like physically looks down. Uh, and Alexander Volkanovsky says he has never fought someone that has hit as hard as me. And looking back through, I'm not saying he's wrong or right, but there aren't a lot of power punchers that Max Holloway has really fought. Like someone that can just knock you out in one punch. He's fought in the Cub Swans. Conor McGregor, but that was years ago. Conor McGregor had blew out his knee in that fight. That went to a decision. Max Holloway was 20, took that fight on short notice. I said Andre Feely hit, hit the hardest out of every fighter he ever, he, he ever fought. So I will say Alexander Volkanovsky poses threats that Max Holloway hasn't seen. I am curious to see how Max Holloway tailors his fight camp around uh, Alexander Volkanovsky because Max... Outside of, I can't think of many fighters who game plan as well as him. I think his fight IQ is one of the most underrated tools in his arsenal, where he, every Max Holloway we see is so different because he tailors his game plan so specific for an opponent that he is there before they can even make a move. So I'm, but I'm going to pick Alexander Volkanovsky uh, simply because I want to be different than you. Uh, but it is difficult to say that. So let's uh, just skip to the last one, the, the third title fight sure. of the night. 
uh, are you uh, are you opposite uh, me on on Jermaine Duranami and and Amanda Nunes? So we're we going to continue in this pattern. We will get there in a second. I'll set the I'll set the stage for the fans. Uh, Amanda Nunes, who many consider the greatest female fighter of all time, Joe Rogan uh, himself uh, introduced her as the goat. She's coming off that head kick win over Holly Holm. She's being every champion, former former champion, put in front of her outside of the straw weight because. Let's face it, she's never going to, no straw weight's going to go up to 135, 145, and Amanda News will never go down to straw weight. Jermaine Duranami is the last one. She's been Holly Holm. She's been Chris Cyborg. She's been Valentina Shevchenko twice. She's been Misha Tate. She's been Ronda Rousey. Jermaine Duranami, technically she does have the win over her, but this was years ago, uh, the submission win. Uh, uh, Jermaine Duranami was very young in her mixed martial arts career after a long story kickboxing career. Said that she learned more in that fight than any kickboxing match she's ever had, any practice, any training camp. Her loss to Amanda Nunes was so good for her career that she is, she is grateful for Amanda, but she does want to take the title away from her. So, I will put you on the spot now. Does Jermaine Duranami get revenge for their last loss, or does Amanda Nunes continue this historic run and knock off another champion? I actually haven't thought about a pick before, so I'm really gonna do this on the spot. Uh, and I'm gonna say that Amanda gets it done again, because I think she can do, I think she's going to do what she did in the first fight better. Sure. I think that Jermaine is a better fighter and a different fighter than the one that she faced those all those years ago, but Amanda is at her peak. Amanda is fighting better than she's ever fought before. And I think that the people that she's got with her, the, the machine over there at ATT um, is uh, more than enough uh, to do what she did uh, better the, the, the first time, which is to basically tire her out, use her grappling, be more of a mixed martial artist and take the decision. So I'm gonna say champ. And I'll, and I'll I'll stay on brand and pick Jermaine Duran to me, but I'm this is the one I'm least confident about. Amanda Nunes, as I I do believe she's the greatest female fighter of all time. I was I was on the board with that when she knocked out Chris Cyborg, and I just added to it when she knocked out Holly Holm. But I will pick Jermaine Jermaine Duran to me. Uh, she seems to be the one of the more accurate strikers. Uh, standing opposite of Amanda Nunes. You really saw that in that Aspen Ladd fight. You saw that in the Raquel Pennington fight where she can really stalk you down and just snipe you from afar. She's sniping you with hand grenades, pretty much. She is a professional kickboxer. She is. She is a professional kickboxer with a very Dutch style of kickboxing yep. where she just stalks you down yep. and just heavy punches, right, with not, not many elbows. Uh, she makes you uh, kind of lean forward with the body punches and then kind of up, like, uppercuts you or, or just batters the, batters the top of your head into oblivion. Uh, the Holly Holm fight was very impressive. There is the dark cloud over with those two late punches, but she was uber impressive in that fight. Uh, so I will say Jermaine Duran to me. I am not confident whatsoever. I just want to be off, opposite Steve Morocco here. Uh, but looking at the rest of the card, there are a lot of exciting fights uh, to filling out not, not just the main card, but the preliminary card as well. We have Jose Aldo making his bantamweight debut opposite Marlon Moraes. We have Uriah Faber returning opposite Peter Yan. My best friend, Mike Perry, fights Jeff Neal. Are there any other fights that really stand out in your mind on the rest of this UFC 245 card? No, that pretty much sums it up. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as far as uh, the ones that I'm looking for, Jeff, Jeff Neal versus Mike Perry uh, seems like guaranteed violence. Sure. Um, but yeah, no, the, the, those are the ones that I'm looking forward to as well. Um, I think... Uh, the top among those would probably be Jeff Neal and then Peter Yan versus uh, Uriah. Versus Uriah. Yeah, you've been on the Peter Yan train pretty much all I, week. I have. I just can't get off it. You know, I'm. Uh, I just. I, I think that that fight is intriguing because uh, Uriah is coming back and he's fighting 
no scrub at all. Like this isn't no no disrespect to Ricky Simon, but this is like, you know, this is uh, he's looked amazing in all these fights. Just the speed, the power, the variety. Um, it's no easy fight. If he gets past Peter Yan, he should get that title yeah. shot because Peter Yan has been looking like the man ever since he's gotten into this division. So uh, soft spot in my heart for the old guys, the OGs. Want to see him. Uh, deliver, but it's a really tough task. I obviously would have to pick you in in that fight. And you're not you're not alone. Our own PC Carroll has been very adamant whenever he co-hosts the A said that not only is Peter Yan going to win, Uriah Faber is going to retire again after fighting Peter Yan. So PC Carroll is on record saying that on the A side. Uh, but you 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 made an interesting point where you said if Uriah Faber does get through Peter Yan, he should get that title fight. I actually disagree with you. I think if Jose Aldo wins, he should get the title shot over Uriah Faber. Jose Aldo is one of the greatest fighters of all time. Yes, he's coming off the loss against. Alexander Volkanovsky, but I, I historically I like to see the fight play out because for all we know, Uriah and Jose Aldo could blow out their knees and they get like six month suspensions, right? Sure. They might not be around for a title fight. Like we all thought Tatiana Suarez was going to get the next title fight after UFC 238. Right. She hurt her neck in that fight. She got passed over for Wiley Zhang. The rest is history. She's now fighting Yoan and Jacek. So if Jose Aldo and Uriah Faber do win and both are healthy, I do expect Jose Aldo to get the next uh, shot at uh, Henry Cejudo. That is if Henry Cejudo even wants to fight again. Our own Guillermo Cruz put out the excellent interview uh, with, with, with the champ champ, or Triple C as he puts it. But uh, I don't know if Jose Aldo beats Ramon Moraes. You you said yourself, you're, it's not like Uriah Faber's coming and fighting Scrub. The same can we say with Jose Aldo. Our own cameraman Casey Lydon has been on record multiple times that Marlon Moraes could be the best bantamweight in the world that Henry Cejudo just kind of caught him and, and, and the momentum shifted as, as you previously said. So speaking about a difficult matchup for your first fight in a division that you've never competed before, it doesn't get much more difficult than Marlon Moraes. Yeah, it's, uh, and then you couple that with the weight questions because, you know, obviously he made weight today, but as many people have uh, said on, on Twitter, uh, it's not just about making the weight, it's about how you perform. Uh, and for all of, uh, that Jose, uh, Jose has said, uh, Jose has said, uh, about how well he's feeling in the gym. Uh, there's 24 hours uh, to go. Uh, there's a lot of he needs to rehydrate and who knows how that's gonna go. Who knows how he's actually gonna uh, feel in the octagon on fight night. Um, and especially against a guy like Marlon Marais, who's super fast, yeah. a super fast guy. Jose is great on the counter. Can he still do that uh, as a bantamweight and do it as well? Uh, he's also got a lot more miles on him, a lot more a lot more dings to the head, a lot more, uh, lot more uh, uh, miles on his body. So um, in that fight, uh, that's a huge question mark, but I, I, would, I would tend to favor the guy who's been in the division yeah. longer and been dominating the division. That would be Marlon Moraes. Yeah, and I actually won't pick against you this time. I do Great. think Marlon, Marlon I, I, I tend to favor. He is one of the best bantamweights in the world, former World Series of Fighting Champion. It's really hard to pick against Jose Aldo. Didn't look like he, he was all smiles and stuff getting on the scale. He did not look great at that media day. He did not look like a happy camper whatsoever. So, uh, but I am excited for the Mike Perry, Jeff Neal fight. Like you said, I am very excited for uh, 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 Matt Brown. I keep wanting to call him Mike Brown. Matt Brown versus Ben Saunders. Yes. Uh, that's that's a very interesting fight. Both fighters were very surprised they never fought each other or even been offered each other uh, sure. before in the past. Both veterans of the early seasons of the Ultimate Fighter. That's great. Uh, Jessica I is fighting uh, on the on the Fight Pass prelims. Not not the ESPN Plus prelims. The Fight Pass prelims. That's what the bout at their official way and said anyway. Uh, ESPN2 prelims also has uh, Irena Aldana and um, 
Catlin Vieta, who both both women are very adamant that a win, they should be next in line at Bantamweight, given if Amanda Nunes wins, because I spoke to Irena and she said that he, Amanda's accolades would warrant an immediate rematch should she lose, but she will be ready if she does beat Catlin Vieta. Uh, so there's a lot of exciting fights, a lot of so exciting uh, matchups, even if even without the title implications, I think this is top to bottom, just a lot of elite level high martial arts competition. Steven has one final thing before we sign off. Have we considered the possibility that all three title fights will go the distance a la Strike Force on CBS. Do not put that bad voodoo into the world because that's gonna be a lot of press conferences, that's gonna be a lot of work for us, but I love it every time we're here in Las Vegas. So for Jose, this has been Steven, great job by the way on your first ever preview show. Well done, great job on the golf commentary at the official lanes too. You're gonna to see a lot more of him. This has been Jose, that's been Steven. We're in Las Vegas, we're out. Support for this show comes from Wix Studio. Designers and devs, you might be able to do your thing better on Wix Studio, a web platform with everything you need to deliver bespoke sites hyper-efficiently. Design teams get a ton of smart features that can take the grind out of web creation without it costing per-pixel control. Dev teams, you get a zero-setup, developer-first environment, combined with an AI code assistant and your preferred IDE for rapid deployment. Search Wix Studio today to explore the full range of features. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com.